Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax sell veteran, expert, and trainer. I'm the author of the Tax Sell Playbook, founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. And as always, at the conclusion of this podcast, if you are looking to learn more about investing in tax defaulted real estate, just head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com. So you've learned about this business. You absorbed all the knowledge and training that we offer. You've done your research. You've learned the process, the laws. You've done drive-bys. You've attended practice auctions and everything else that we suggest. You've done everything that you're supposed to up to this point, right? Well, now it's time to buy your very first tax sale property. But where do you even begin? Just today, I was researching a newly posted tax list. 74. There were 74 properties in one county that were posted on this tax list to be auctioned off. They were in a number of different areas, different subdivisions, different price points, different product types, and different opportunities. And as I started to prepare for this podcast episode, I was really trying to put myself back into the shoes of a brand new tax investor who would be starting with that same exact list that I saw today. The result of my thinking came down to one word, overwhelming, right? And this is something that's expressed to me time and time again. I'm ready to pull the trigger. I'm ready to get going. But when I look at that first list to choose a property, wow, I don't even know where to begin? Where do I even start? Even after I've researched that entire list, I still don't know which property to choose from it. So in today's episode, I want to help you narrow down that search some. I want to discuss the ideal characteristics of your very first tax sale property. What exactly you should be looking for when choosing your first property. Now, before I continue, I want you to understand that the truth depends on the specific person. What we're about to discuss can vary some from person to person. You're free, of course, to modify this to fit your specific skill sets. I'm going to break these down into a few different categories to make it simple for us. The first one, price. And this is likely the most obvious one to you and everybody else. If you've ever searched a car, a hotel, an airline ticket, whatever it is, you probably used the price filter a time or two online on a variety of different websites. One major way to waste time and to kill your research momentum is to spend hours and hours going into a research hole on a property that you can't afford in the first place. The opening bid is outside of your budget. So why are you spending hours researching that property? Sure, if you wanna do the basic research just to kind of figure out surface level type stuff, what is going to be sold at that auction, that's great, it's a great way to practice. But don't spend all afternoon trying to figure out the age of the air conditioning unit on that property that's 37 more times expensive than what you can actually afford. One thing you can do right away is go through all the properties and just simply cross off the ones that you can't afford the moment you review that list for the first time. Now, we're not just talking about properties that are outside of your budget, maybe they're too expensive, but what about the properties that are below your budget, well below your budget? So when I'm searching for like a hotel, for example, I'll often ignore the hotels that are the absolute cheapest. I know that if the average hotel in that area costs $150 per night, and I see a hotel 
offering a rate of just $29 per night, I probably won't get the hotel much more than a glance. I'll know right off the bat, I don't want to stay there based on price alone. It's going to be too cheap. It's going to give me an indication it's going to be in a bad area. So obviously, the properties that are much, much lower than the rest of the properties on that tax sale list. If all the properties are selling for $10,000, $15,000, and you have one for $100, guess what? There's likely going to be something wrong with that property. Now, you could still do some surface level research and see if you need to start digging a little bit more. But don't get too excited about the properties that are extremely cheap because they'll likely require a very specific strategy and probably aren't going to be suitable for one of your first properties. On that same note, if your budget is $4,000 and you buy a property for $3,999, you've left yourself $1 as a buffer in case something goes wrong. Congratulations, you now have some issues. If something goes wrong, you are out of money. And there's a much higher chance, by the way, that something will go wrong on maybe your first property or perhaps your first five properties than in subsequent auctions once you gain some experience. So keep that in mind. The ideal price point is gonna be something well within your budget. Ideally, you'll be able to buy it and not stress over those funds and have margin left over for any potential issues like title clearing, cleanups, that kind of stuff. And just to reiterate it here, this should not be a stressful situation because of the capital that you have tied up. You shouldn't and don't need to spend your last dime trying to buy a tax sale property. Find something well within your budget. Next one, keep it simple, please. That vacant acreage that you're looking at, that had entitlements to be developed into a subdivision back in the 1980s, and now you're gonna have to go in front of the Board of County Commissioners before you can do anything with that land. Plus, by the way, you have to negotiate with them to get the water and sewer lines extended to the property and have all sorts of other stuff, but you could potentially make millions of dollars. Yeah, that situation, that is not gonna be ideal for your first property. That's exactly what you should avoid. And people come to me with these crazy scenarios every single day. Should I invest or should I not? No, you shouldn't for your first property. Keep it simple. Your first property, I'll usually recommend the most boring basic thing in your area. This could be a simple little single family home, 800 square foot, nothing fancy, two bedrooms, one bathroom, right? Or it could be a boring quarter acre vacant lot. Don't get in over your head. Pick off that easy stuff where you can get in, get out, and move on with your business. The next one, please get something that you can sell. Buying that 800 square foot house that I mentioned, or even that quarter acre lot, doesn't do you any bit of good if you can't sell it, if there are no buyers. Obviously, this is something that you should learn when you do your research and due diligence on that area, but at the end of the day, you'll need to be able to sell it to make money, right? And it's all gonna focus on the simplest of economics, supply and demand. Is there a supply for that property? Is there a demand for that property, right? Do people want what you have? Can you sell it also as quickly as you want to? When you're just starting out, it's easy to get focused on the wrong thing. Most people can talk themselves into investing or buying something when they're excited enough, right? When you're just starting out, you're just gung-ho. You're ready to pull the trigger on anything that you think you can make money off of. But the ideal property is going to be something that you can sell easily without any bit of doubt whatsoever that you can sell also very quickly and for the price that you're extremely confident in. Because odds are, especially for your first deal, you're gonna overestimate just how quickly you can sell that property. And you also overestimate 
its actual value. It'll likely take you longer to sell and it'll sell for less money than you desire. But that's okay as long as your numbers are somewhere in that same ballpark. Just make sure that the demand for that property is there before you buy it. If you have any doubt whatsoever, just keep on moving and find another property. The next ideal characteristic is a property that fits your specific strategies and objectives. Now, I'm not saying that your strategies should never change. They must always be very rigid. That's ridiculous. Of course, they need to be somewhat flexible. But don't modify your strategies so much that you're completely breaking every single one of your own rules for investing. If you're looking for a vacant lot in the county that you are local to, where you can make an 80% ROI after selling it within 60 days, that's fantastic, right? That is your strategy. That's your objectives. That's great. But if you have those specific objectives and you happen to stumble across a house that's located three states away, that's going to take you six months to sell and you might net 10 or 20%, that's not anywhere close to fitting your plan. And your strategies should not adjust that much for them. If you need to make minor tweaks to your objectives or to your strategies, that's okay. But make sure you do it in a manner where those tweaks come from an educational-based decision instead of an emotional decision. You don't want to just buy something because you're excited. Make sure it fits what you want, what your strategies are. If there aren't any of those small homes that you are looking for and you need to transition to vacant lots, then do your research. Figure out exactly what you need to do and proceed accordingly with those tweaks. But in the end, the ideal property should be what you want. You don't need to force yourself into an investment. And the last one that I want to discuss really kind of sums up everything today. The primary ideal characteristic of your first property can be summarized in one word, easy. It should be an easy property to buy. It should be an easy property to hold. It should be an easy property to sell. I get comments all the time, YouTube comments, DMs, emails, get messages, and people give me these crazy formulas, A plus B minus C plus R, Q, and J, what if type scenarios, right? They come up with this crazy scenario. Listen, if you have to find a way to justify that investment to make it work outside of the typical due diligence that we use, then it's probably not going to be a good property for you, especially, especially for your first property. Sure, there are plenty of ways to make money where you can be very, very creative that require quite a bit of effort. And in the end, that's great if you get to that point once you gain a little bit more experience. But the truth is, some of those returns can be just insane. But we must remember, this is your first property. If you don't make a 3,000% return, that's okay. You should be focused on making some money, using this as a learning process, and then growing and expanding from there. Again, your first property, most importantly, should be easy. Everything about it needs to be easy so you can build that momentum for your tax sale business. If you have any doubts or any questions, go back and ask yourself these questions. Does it fit my budget? Is it going to be a simple transaction or will it become overly complicated to make it work, to force it to work? Is it sellable quickly and easily? Does it fit you, your strategies, and your objectives? And most importantly, will it be easy? If so, that has hit the desirable characteristics for your first property. If you're looking to learn more about investing in tax-faulted real estate, including tax deeds and tax liens, there are a whole bunch of links down below 
in today's show notes that can really help you get started. And when you're ready to go all in and take the advanced and comprehensive step-by-step training that we offer in the Tax Law Academy, just head on over to taxlawacademy.com and click on join to become a member. I truly hope that you enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful in your quest for tax sell success. If you did enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, please take just a few seconds to leave us some positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. We read and notice each and every single positive feedback. We are so thankful for those who have taken the time to do so already. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a successful day.